You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Wow, didn't she do great? Hey, that was so awesome. Well done. Well, it is uh, a privilege to be here today. Kia ora, everyone. Um, just if I haven't had the opportunity to personally wish you all the best for 2024. Um, I want to do so now. Um, have a wonderful new year. And uh, I'm so excited for what the Lord has in store for us this year. I, uh, I'm excited for my family. I'm excited for uh, my business, uh, businesses I'm involved in. I'm excited for what's happening in the church. Uh, you know, we're just so blessed to be part of uh, the ministry here and, and what Stephen Bex and the team are doing. And uh, I'm really excited for next week as well. Uh, next week, we have the awesome pastor, Mike Griffiths, coming to minister to us. And um, we're going to be really blessed. For those who don't know Mike, he's an awesome man of God, an incredible ministry, incredible anointing on his life. Um, he's got a, a great physique. He's really good looking. And so I encourage you to come out. And uh, next week, Sunday, you're going to be blessed. And um, if you, by the way, if you happen to bump into Mike, please remind him that he still owes me $200 for, the, uh, for making this introduction for him. Um, so... Uh, well, Mike and I, we're good friends, and uh, us, hopefully we still are. Um, but yeah, come along next week. I know you'll be blessed with Mike, but uh, now you've got me, so uh, uh, let's, in, let's buckle up for the ride. Well, today I, uh, I'm going to be sharing a message uh, which was stimulated by a sermon I heard about six months ago uh, by Pastor Bill Johnson of Bethel Church in America, and he was ministering on the topic of power of praise. And uh, in that, he made an interesting statement, which didn't seem to be really relevant to the topic, but he said this. He said, a walled city without gates is not entirely safe. Or slightly better English probably is, a city with walls and no gates is not entirely safe. And I meditated upon that statement. It sort of fell into my heart, and, and over the last few months, I've really been sort of milling, milling on it and, and, and thinking about it and just you know, trying to uh, see what is God, what is the message that God had for me in that. And so today I'm going to share a message which I've entitled Walls Without Gates. Walls Without Gates. And there are three, three scriptures, uh, three key scriptures I'd just like to read to start this off. And the first one is in Psalm chapter 24, verse 9. It says, Lift up your heads, O you gates. Even lift up your everlasting doors, and the King of glory will come in. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and the King of glory will come in. Psalm 87 verse 2 says, The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all other dwelling places. He loves the gates of Zion more than the temple, more than the, 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 the prayer room, more than the marketplace. He loves the gates of Zion more than all other dwelling places. Isaiah 60 verse 18 and 19 says, No longer will violence be in your land nor ruin or destruction within your borders, but you will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. You will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. Last year, Karen and I, um, Karen's my wife, for those who don't know who had a birthday, uh, she and I went, uh, had the privilege of spending two weeks just traveling from London up to Edinburgh and back through the UK, uh, stopping at various towns and cities and just enjoying uh, the, the, the areas that we visited, and there's almost virtually every town in the UK has got a, a castle. And the castle there, and we saw some amazing, majestic castles, beautiful castles, and uh, I noticed that every one of them had a, had a high wall around them. 
And they were obviously very well protected against any potential outside enemy. But the other thing I noticed about the castles, in spite of the fact they had high walls, is almost all of them had a pretty big gate where they had it open for people to just come and interact with those within the walls. And, and for those people within the walls to interact with those who are outside. And, and so you could go in and out and visit uh, the, the, the castles. Uh, it was also open for any goods and services that could flow through. And it was clearly that the people within the castle, in spite of these walls, were still interacting very much through the gates which they had. And you see, the people that built the castles and built the walls knew that without gates, you'd have, and you only had a wall around the castle, and the people within the castle would have a very limited life. All they would see every day are the walls. They wouldn't see anything else. Uh, all they do, or the pe only people that they would meet are those who live within the walls. The only food that they would, uh, that, sorry, the people who would meet would be those in the walls. The only food that they would eat would be that is which is grown within the walls. The only knowledge that they would have is that which is shared within the walls. They would have this very sad, almost limited lives. And so while I was meditating on this and the scriptures that say that the Lord loves the gates of Zion, that the King of glory enters through the gates and that the gates are called praise, I, I felt challenged in my heart to look at my own life and say, have I built some walls around certain areas of my life and not put gates into those areas? Have I built walls without gates? So... Let's look at it. Walls. What sort of walls could we potentially build around our lives? Well, I think we can build a wall when, you know, when we're hurt by someone uh, or some organization hurts us and, and, and you know, they, they maybe they criticize us. Maybe they make fun of our looks and maybe they look fun of the way we dress or our accent or the color of our skin. And we can build these walls around ourselves to protect us from being hurt. And we can cut ourselves off from the community and other people when we are hurt. There are many people, sadly, who have left church not this church, but other churches, uh, because they've been hurt by someone. Someone said something, a leadership, someone in leadership has said something, and, they, and, and they've left the church and built a wall around themselves and cut themselves off from fellowship with the body of Christ. Other ways we can build walls is maybe we do something, we step out in faith, we, we share the gospel with someone that we, we you know, that we, in, our, in our sphere of influence, or we try a new skill, or we, we apply for another job, or we, we ask someone for a date and ask them an out, and, and that we reject it, and it doesn't work out, and so what we do is we build this wall around ourselves, which almost puts pay to our dreams and our hopes for doing something special, and we're too scared to talk to someone, or too scared to engage with other people in case we get that rejection, so we build this wall around ourselves. The other time we can build walls around ourselves if we have an imposter syndrome. And, and to a degree I suffer from this a little, where we actually realize and know that we're not as good as what some people think we are. We all have insecurities, we all have failures, we all have fears, and yet people sometimes look upon us and think that yeah, they've got it all together. And so what we have this imposter syndrome. And so what we do is we build a wall around ourselves. We almost put this mask on. We become someone else. We build this wall so that people can't see our insecurities and our fears. We can build walls around our lives when we have fear in our lives. Uh, you know, growing up in South Africa, when I was a young boy, <coughs> excuse me, we had a wall that high around our house. All the South Africans can't believe that, but we had a wall that high around our house. I mean, I was a two and three year old. I used to sit on the wall. I used to talk to the people going up and down. I used to try and preach to them as well and sing songs to them. Um, but, you know, that, that, that's what I grew up with. By the time I became an adult and owned my own house, the wall was that high. 
And then, you know, we saw in some cases people started not only have walls that high, they put razor wire on top and they electrified fences. And, and, and what it, what it, why was that? Why were they building these walls? Out of fear. It's fear in our lives. And we can literally build walls around us to stop us because we are fearful of stepping out and fearful of the things that are happening around us, fearful of the end of the world coming, fearful of COVID, fearful of whatever it may be that is around us. We can build walls around our relationships. I always find it interesting when I, I watch young people, you know, there may be 10 or 12, a group of young people sort of hang out, they go to movies together, they hang out together, and then one couple sort of pairs off, and suddenly they're just not part of the group anymore. They kind of put this wall around them, they suddenly not, don't want, they just into themselves, and they sort of don't want to be involved with the, other, the rest of the group, and, and that can so happen, you can cut yourself off in relationships. You know, and I, I really think this is a, can potentially be a concern and something that we do as immigrants in this country. Often we can build walls around by only associating with people that come from the country that we come from. <coughs> so if you're South African, you have to go and live in Browns Bay because that's Pretoria by the sea. I mean, you know, you have, you have to go there. Um, I know there's a few South Africans here as well. And, but, you know, you know, you've got these groups of South Africans. All they do is hang out with South Africans. And you've got Koreans and Chinese and, 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 other, and other cultures that only hang out. And, you know, one of the things I grew up in apartheid South Africa, and one of the things that saddened me the most was the fact that we were cut off from interacting with people of other cultures and, and people with other lives and, and, and with stories that would have enriched my life. And, you know, we can enrich our lives by interacting with other cultures, by opening our doors but often we put these walls around us and say, I'm only going to interact with people who speak my language and support the Springboks and <laughs> whoever. And then the poor Kiwis just get squashed in the middle of all of that. <clears throat> we can build walls around our jobs. We, I'm not going to share information with someone else in case they suddenly take my job. We can build walls around our assets. I'm not going to share my assets. They're mine. I paid for them. They belong to me. We can put a wall around our time. I, I, you know, why should I share my time with someone else? My time is precious. We could build walls around our money. I earned it. It's mine. Why should I pay some to the church? Why should I give some to missions? Why should I reach out and help the others that are less fortunate? They can do it themselves. And we can build these walls around our money. We become so selfish, we don't want to share our lives with the things that God has blessed us with. We can build walls around our theology. We can build walls around our view of things like heaven and hell, build walls around our belief in, with regard to the end times, to salvation, to the woman's role in church, to homosexuality, to abortion, the Jewish nation. We can build all these walls around us where we believe we are right. We have got all the truth. We know it all, and I'm right and you're wrong. I'm going to heaven, you're going to hell. And don't you come and tell me, and don't you come and interact with me, and we can build these walls around what we believe. I grew up in a church like that the first 20 years of my life. I was in a small little Assembly of God church in South Africa, and we honestly believed we were the only ones going to heaven. You know, the Assembly of God church down the road, they were the happy clappies, and we didn't even agree with them. We believed, honestly, we believed I think there was going to be, in heaven, there was going to be a separate walled-off section just for us, so that, um, you know, we wouldn't have any dis disillusionments when we get to heaven and we find there's actually other people there. Um, you know, we literally grew a wall around our theology. <coughs> I think one of the saddest examples <coughs> of this is in the Bible. Sorry, I may need that water, thanks. In the Bible where the scribes and the Pharisees and the priests in Jesus' time, 
These were the custodians of the law. These were the people that knew the, knew the Bible, knew the, knew the Torah better than anyone else. These were the teachers of the law. These are the people that had their theology sorted. And you know what? They had their theology so sorted, and there was such a wall around their theology that they missed the greatest event of the history of the world, the arrival of Jesus Christ. They missed the Savior of the world. They, missed, they didn't see the, the, the Son of God standing before them because they were so blinded by their own theology. How sad is that? And yes, we must be strong in our theology. We must be committed to the things we believe in. We must be able to defend our position. But folks, let's keep our eyes open because the King of Glory comes through the gates. And if we have just walls with no gates, we could miss the King of Glory. We could miss the King of Glory coming in. And you know, something that I know is the older I become, I'm still quite young, but the older I become, I have to laugh. <coughs> the older I become, the more I realize the little I know. Because God knows is so much more complex than I ever dreamed of. And I learn more and more every day about the nature of God. And I'm challenging my theology that I believed 5, 10, 15 years ago. I just encourage you to have gates in those walls. We can build walls around our sin and our shame. You know, we saw this with Adam and Eve. When they sinned against God and they were sh in shame and they, they try to clothe themselves and they try to hide away from God. And we can do that as when we have sin and shame in our lives. We can try and hide away and build a wall around us when we should actually be having a gate to allow God to come in and turn our situation around, remove our sin, remove our shame. See, walls, it sounds like walls are bad, but they're not. Walls are really good. We need to have walls around our lives. They provide protection. They provide security. <coughs> Isaiah 60 verse 13, the scripture we read says, our walls will be called salvation. We need the salvation of our walls around us. In, jo in Job 1 verse 10, it says, you being God, have always put a wall, a protection around him, that's Job, and his home and his property, and you've made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. We need walls around our lives. We need to have protection. We need to be aware of, of the enemy going around like a roaring lion. We need to be aware of this. But if we have walls without gates, what does that mean? Well, why do we have gates? Why do we need gates? Firstly, I think a wall without gates becomes a prison. See, if we have a wall with no gates, then we are isolated from everyone. We isolate ourselves. We, our lives, our world becomes so small so insular, and we, we, we become small-minded, and, and eventually everything, and, everything and, 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 and everyone within the walls starts to die. We literally start to die if we don't have gates around us. So what gates do we need? Well, Psalm, why do we need gates? Psalm 24 verse 9 says the gates provide access to the King of Glory. Maybe if you haven't felt the King of Glory lately. Maybe if you come into worship and, <coughs> excuse me, and you come into worship and you just sense Man, I'm feeling nothing. I don't sense the king of glory here at all. Maybe there's a wall around that. Maybe it's time to build some gates and allow the king of glory to come into our lives. And that may be the king of glory can come into our homes, into our workplaces, into our social interactions with people. Let's pull some gates, allow the king of glory to come in. See, gates provide access for trusted people to speak into our lives. They may speak prophetically into us, they can provide advice and support and guidance, encouragement. We need to interact with others. We need a gate for others to be able to speak into our lives. I have a, um, a friend who, 
probably for the last 10 years now, we catch up at least once a year. We try and catch up more often, but sometimes we can't. But we catch up with him. He's not in our church. He's a good friend of mine. I, I catch up with him once a, a minimum once a year for coffee. And we just sit and we, after we've spoken about the rugby and the politics and all that stuff, we then get down to the hard questions. And he asked me the question, so how's it going between you and your wife? Are you looking after her? Are you caring for her? Are, is she the queen of your life? Is she the most important person after God? He asked me questions about how, how is it going with you and your, and your kids? How are you doing? How's your relationship? How are you investing in their lives? Asked me questions about how's it going with, between you and God? What are you spending your money on? How are you using your leisure time? What are you watching on Netflix? or possibly on other media. Ask me those questions. And you know, that's so valuable to me. That's so important to me. And I ask him the same questions. And he knows when I lie. Fortunately, I try not to lie too often. But I said, well, you know, it's been a, no, no. And he holds me accountable. And I really believe that we need to, each one of us needs to have gates open to someone in our lives that we can really trust and we can ask each other those tough questions. Make sure that we, are not preventing the king of glory from entering our lives and coming through those gates. So gates open our vision to see opportunities. If we only have gates in front of us, our, our vision is limited. We can't see anything. But, you know, when you have open gates and maybe we're struggling in our marriage, maybe we're struggling in our relationships, maybe we're struggling in our finances or in our health or whatever, and we can see what other people are doing that are excelling in those areas and we can learn from them. But if we have walls with no gates, we can't see that. And so we need to open up our, our, our vision, open up our gates so we can see and learn from others. We can apply in our own lives so that we can become everything that God has designed us to be in our lives, our marriages, our finances, and our health. Gates also enable us to see any enemy that may be coming to attack us. So we're prepared for the fight. We need to know if the enemy is coming. And he does come. We all know that. And it shouldn't take us by surprise, but if we... Going back to the, the statement of Bill Johnson, a walled city without gates is not entirely safe. We think that because we've got walls, we're safe. But you never know what the enemy's planning on the outside. Now in in uh, 52 BC, it's recorded that the famous Rom Roman emperor, Julius Caesar, had a, probably the greatest victory, uh, military victory of his, of his career, of his life. It's called the Battle of Alicia. And essentially, his enemy, the Gauls, as usual, I'm sure you've all read Asterix, so you know about the Gauls, had around 80,000 troops stationed within the walls of the city of Alicia in France. And Julius Caesar knew that he couldn't defeat this army with conventional warfare. He couldn't overcome it. And so what he did, he decided to starve the enemy out. He decided to, over a period of one month, this is incredible, over a period of one month, he built 40 kilometers of fortifications and walls around the city. He literally... He, he isolated the city, uh, 40 kilometers of fortifications and walls in one month. Now, if only he was working for Auckland Transport, <laughs> our lives could be so much easier going to work. <laughs> 40 kilometers. He did this like 2,000 years ago. We can't get it right today. Anyway, but the fortifications were designed, first of all, to keep the Gauls' troops from leaving the city and isolate them, at the same time fighting off any attack from other armies that could come and help the Gauls. And Julius Caesar won the battle by starving the enemy out. You know, and I believe that's what Satan can do to us. The enemy can do that. If we just build walls around us, you know what he'll do? He'll come and build his wall right around. 
And then one day when we want to try and get out, we want to try and fight the battle, we just find that we are hemmed in by his walls. We really need to know. We need to be aware of what's happening. We need to, uh, because he'll stop others from reaching out to help us, and he'll starve us out. And then gates also enable us to be salt and light in the world. Able us to, to reach out and to interact with others in the community, to see the needs in the community. We are called to be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. We are called to be going to the highways and byways to reach the lost and to minister to people. That's what our calling is. That's why we're on earth, guys. That's why we're on earth. It's to fulfill God's great commission and plan for our lives. I'm just talking about that and this last point I've got here is I was reminded of a sermon that I did preach some number of years ago, and I think I preached it here as well. I'm sure those who are here will remember it because it was a brilliant sermon. Um, it was called Destiny versus Destination. Destiny versus Destination. I believe that every one of you here today has a God-ordained destiny on your life. God has a plan, has a purpose for your life, and he has got it for you uniquely, and he has gifted you and given you the right resources and given you everything you need to achieve that destiny. But because we have a destiny, it doesn't mean to say that that will be our destination. You see, we have a destiny in our lives, but our destination is up to the choices we make. Jesus came to the earth to give us life and life to the full. The Bible says, I've set before you life and death, blessings and cursings, therefore choose life. You see, Jesus has a destiny for us is life, but the choice is ours as to whether we want to accept life or death or blessing or cursing. See, the destiny for the children of Israel was the promised land. But if you look at it, other than Joseph and Caleb, the destination for those who received the promise firsthand was to die in the wilderness. Their destiny was the promised land, their destination was death in the wilderness. Why? Why the disconnect? Quite simply because they built walls around themselves of fear, insecurity, small-mindedness, unbelief, non- unbelief in God, and the destiny that they had in their life never came to pass. They ended up dying in the wilderness. And guys, we need to make, and ladies, we need to make a decision this year as we're facing the new year, we can look back on, on, on 2023 and our, the successes and the failures and the, the disappointments and the things that have happened, but we need to make a choice as to what we're going to do going forward. Are we going to build those walls around us that isolate us and stop us from experiencing and, 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 and experiencing the destiny God has for us? Or are we going to break free, put some gates in those walls, step out? You know, Miles Monroe uh, the late Dr. Miles Monroe used to say this. I love it, and I'm sure you've all heard it before, but I'm going to say it again. He said, the wealthiest section of land in any community is the graveyard. Because there lie all the books that were never written, the songs that were never recorded, the paintings that were never painted, the businesses that were never started, the sermons that were never preached, and the churches that were never built. Guys, I don't want to go to the grave. I don't want to go to the grave with something inside of me that God had for me. I don't know about you. And I think that's what will happen if we put walls around us. If we don't open ourselves up to what God has for us this year and the years that lie ahead. So as we enter into a new year, I, I believe let's take a moment to reflect on what walls we built around our, house, uh, around our lives. That it may be stopping us from experiencing everything God has for us. 
I don't know about you, but you know, I want more of the King of Glory in my life. I need more of the King of Glory in my life. I need the King of Glory to help me with my, with my marriage, to help me with my relations with my kids. I need to have it in my business uh, dealings, in my ministry, in, in my health, in my finances, in, in so many areas of my life. I need the King of Glory to come in more and more of Him. But you see, He dwells and He comes through the gates. And so if I have walls without gates, I'm not going to experience that. So I encourage you to do that. And, you know, maybe you haven't experienced the presence of God for some time. Maybe you're not sure of, of His destiny for your life and His plan and purpose for your life. Then I just encourage you, let's build some gates into the walls that we have around us. So that the King of glory can come in and allow the destiny that God has for us to become our destination. And you know, I, I believe there may be some people here today that you've come into this place and you've, you know, you, you know that you don't really have a relationship with God. Maybe you've built a wall around you when it comes to a relationship with God. And you said, like, I know about God. I've heard about Him. Maybe you, 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 you made a commitment some years ago and since then things have gone a bit sour and you've closed the gates. The Bible says Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. He knocks on that door. Doesn't knock on the wall, he knocks on the door because it's a door that we can open. And I'm going to pray a, a prayer in a moment. And if, if you're feeling here today that you closed the door to God or you built a wall around your life and you don't have that relationship with God or you maybe never had a relationship with God, but you know today that you need Him to come into your life. You see, all of us, is more not all of us, many of us, hundreds of us will today be able to testify and tell you that God, opening the door to God is the best decision we ever made in our lives. He came and our sin and our shame that holds us back from becoming all we could be, He comes and He forgives our sin. He removes our shame. He calls us sons and daughters. He brings us into the family of God, but we have to open that door to Him. We have to open that gate to Him. And so in a moment, I'm going to pray, and, and when I pray, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to ask you to pray that if, you, if that is you today, and you're saying, today I'm going to open that door. I'm going to open the door to God. I'm going to, I can't do this life on my own anymore. My life's messed up. I've got too much. It's just not working out. But I want to open the door to Him today. I'm going to give you the opportunity to pray that prayer with me. And I really believe that if you do that, God will come in through that open door, transform your life. So let us all pray. If you wouldn't mind just bowing your heads and closing your eyes. And if that is you today, I really want to encourage you. Just, I'm going to pray this prayer now. And I'd just like you to pray it with me, just in your heart. You don't have to pray it out loud. Just silently in your heart. Just say this. Dear God, I really need you in my life. I have sin. I have shame. I have situations which I can't control. And I know that I have a wall between you and me. But today I break through that wall. I put in a gate and I open that gate to you. I ask you to please come in. Transform my life. Make it brand new. I can't do this on my own anymore. I need your help. I need your salvation. I don't want to go the direction I'm going, but I want to go in a direction that's going to lead to your plans and purposes for my life coming to pass. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages.
For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.